This is Success Beyond the Score, giving insights and tips to help you learn how to build your music career from the best in the field by Millicent Stevenson. Millicent is a multi-award winning saxophonist and endorser of Harry Hartman's Fiber Reads. She is currently serving on the Executive Committee of the Musicians' Union. With over 40 years experience in the creative industry, Millicent has honed her performance and business skills. She provides personal development training and coaching via her online platform, successbeyondthescore.com. Hello everybody, I'm Millicent Stevenson and I want to start this episode wishing you the best of the best for the new year 2022. I hope you had the opportunity to celebrate Christmas, to rest, and really get your mind ready to smash all your goals for 2022. Actually, today's theme is perfect to start the new year. From each of my guests, you are going to hear at least three essential tips, things you can do now to help you make it in the music industry. It condenses all the other advice and experience we've enjoyed throughout the whole season, which is great and useful for your planning. Now, please be aware that the interviews took place at different times during the pandemic, and also we did it over Zoom, so you will hear a difference in the sound quality, but you're going to come away with some really great nuggets to help you move forward. So let's find out from Anna Brooks, Tony Bean, Louise Dengate, Dan Whitehouse, Abigail Kelly, and Ruby Turner. What are your three tips, and you can give more, but what are your three tips to get to anyone who wants to have a full-time career in music? And, you know, right. let's, before you, while you think about that, because there are some people I know who have when they were at school wanted to go into music but their parents have said don't go into music you mm. can't make a living out of that or people mm -hmm. who have tried making a living in music but it's not work but you're a full-time musician a sex successfully full-time i know covid's knocked everybody so that's you know yeah well that's one side but you've yeah. done it you you know you, you you've done music prep you're an arranger director mm -hmm performer touring recording all this kind of thing so what are your tips to help people transition their music into a full-time career okay so i think if you're three tips that's a, that's a tricky one i would say well let's extend it to five then if you need five okay well <laughs> um, yeah okay let me see how many i come up with then. Oh, um, do first of all <laughs> first of all i would say if it's not if you're if you're thinking is being um, a professional musician the right thing for me, mm. um, the answer is if it's not if it's not your passion, you should know the answer to that. You shouldn't you shouldn't be asking yourself is this the right thing. It sh it should be your passion. Mm. It needs to be your passion mm -hmm. um, because that passion is what will drive you to practice to to work hard um it it has to be your calling because it's not an easy job um mm. you know some a, a few people get lucky and make an absolute ton of money um a lot of people you know get 
great um, artistically fulfilling projects and have a wonderful time but don't earn a lot of money you know it's not as as, as glamorous as it as it might seem and mm. um, so it has to be your passion and your passion is also that's kind of that's what what saves you as well when you get knockbacks that what that's what makes you get up when you get you know when you get kicked down or if you miss an opportunity or mm. you know if a gig if you think you're going to get a, a, a prestigious gig and it ends up going to somebody else it's your passion that that, that keeps you going so it's not it's got to be a calling. It's not something you can dabble with, mm. basically. So you need passion. You've got to have that passion. And of course, that ultimately is um, is what, what people will pick up on when you play. So, you know, you've got to have passion in the way that you perform as well. You've got to perform with something that speaks to other people. Um, and so that's absolutely essential, I would say. Um, you know, without without that passion, your music isn't going to speak to other people. And I think often, often if you think about, I don't know, maybe think about your favourite song or your favourite artist. And if you think, why is that my favourite song? Or why is that person my favourite artist? It's usually, or, you know, 99.9 times um, out of 100, it will be because it gets you in the heart. It speaks yeah. to you, yeah. you know, yeah. and that is because that particular artist is sharing their, their, their passion with you mm. in my view. So mm. number one, passion. Um, number two tips for, if you're going to be a professional, you've, you've got to, you've got to study hard and practice hard. You've got to know your craft inside and out. There is no app or hack or quick fix to get you from, you know, a beginner saxophonist to a professional in six months. It doesn't exist. It's hard slog. It's repetition. It's practice. It's dedication. Um, and knowledge. And as I said before, you know, you don't, you don't have to study at, at, um, at, at a university um, or go to music college, but the knowledge is all out there for you to for you to gain. So you've you, you've got to study in whatever way that might be, whether that's your own personally directed mm -hmm. study or if it's a formal kind of higher education or further education. You need to know your craft and you need to study and work hard, and it's not going to happen overnight. You know? <laughs> There's Definitely. no way. No, no not overnight. No. Um, and then I think. Tip number three, from my point of view, is to build a portfolio career. So, um, you know, if I look at what I do, there are times when I do, you know, maybe one aspect of, of, of um, my career where I'll be working on that more than another. So I might be working on an album um either you know as part of the band like Brooklyn Funk Essentials or, or 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 an album of my own um and that's eventually hopefully going to generate some income or uh, and then another time I might be um arranging for um a, a particular musician or a, or a, or a theatre show or you know sometimes I arrange music for cruise ships for people who say you know who like me to 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 make them a whole set for you know something like that um that might be taking up a lot of my time or it might be in the quieter times um, i'm always teaching at the birmingham conservatoire um 
that, but that portfolio career is absolutely essential because otherwise if you're only doing one thing and then obviously there's all the, the touring and the gigs mm-hmm. you know gigs makes up the vast 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 majority of my of my um income as a professional musician but obviously um right now there there ain't no gigs really you know um so luckily you know i've got a the the little bit of teaching that i do at the birmingham conservatoire kind of almost pays the bills nothing's paying the bills entirely right now it's you know, <laughs> <laughs> because just because of the situation we're in yeah, but yeah. you know um i had a um i had a surprise ppl payment that came in the other day oh. and that that was from you know that was from my album my jazz album mm-hmm. um so writing music performing music these are all things i would say i would suggest mm-hmm. so and maybe pick a few or all but Compose your own music and publish it because then you will get your writer's credits. Um, you know, perform music and not necessarily just with other bands, but your your own thing as well. Mm. You know, um, I'm still out there. I, 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 if, if somebody wants me to go and play for their wedding, I will still go and do it. In fact, I actually have, here I am complaining about no work. I actually am playing for somebody's wedding tomorrow, which is quite astonishing just just 15 people because those are the regulations yeah, you know? yeah. Um, and all very socially distanced but take every opportunity you know Dude. um and i i have no qualms i am not a musical swap snob i don't think any form of musical performance is better than any other there's some that i enjoy more but you know um so performance um yeah composing um music you know arranging music there are so many different things that you can do um obviously a lot of people do um you know youtube um putting content and making money from that Mm. just diversify you know Mm. um and also it's really really useful to not just play one instrument and the fact that i do a lot of um, backing vocals and um and some lead vocals as well i think that has made me a lot more employable so if there's something that you do um that's not necessarily your main instrument don't be afraid to to put that out there and mm. include that um in whatever you're doing if it's your your own project having said that i'm not about to get my violin out of the loft because i haven't touched that <laughs> for like 20 years actually i did get it out a while ago i went yeah you know what i'll just <laughs> but you know i could get it out and, and brush it up and record my own string parts you know anything yeah. like that that makes um what you do a little bit more yeah. um unique um yeah. do it you know don't don't be afraid um to to use other skills that you might have other musical skills even if you feel they're you know slightly lesser not necessarily because that might just be your kind of niche thing that um, yeah. helps people recognize you so portfolio career Super, super important. Diversify. You've already given some tips and advice throughout this interview, but are there, can you think of three other tips? I mean, it might be based on your 30 years of experience that you want to give to um, up and coming producers or existing producers or artists, but what were those tips that you would give to anyone who's wanted to have a full-time career in music? Again, obviously, it's lockdown, it's COVID. Um, but, yeah, what, what kind of tips would you give? Just three, if you can think of those. Um, obviously, the hard work ethic's the, the main thing. Um, you have to put the hours into what you do. Mm. Um, so that whether that be writing, production, practice, but put the hours into what you do, um, into the, the gift you have, whether that's your voice, an instrument, 
whatever it is, put the hours in on that. Mm. Um, make sure that you are, again, invest, I can't say enough, invest in yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, do not expect that everybody else is going to invest in you before you invest in yourself. Don't be looking for a lucky break. You have to make your own fortune in a lot of ways. Put yourself out there. Mm-hmm. And when you do meet people, be prepared to have something to give them. Be able to point to somewhere for them to listen to what you do. Um, see what you do, hear what you do. Mm-hmm. Don't be walking around saying, I've got a great idea. It's in my head, but I need some money to get it out. And mm-hmm. I need help getting it out of my head. Mm-hmm. Get the idea down. Get your songs together. Get your production. If you're a producer, start to produce stuff that people can hear mm. so they can listen to it and say, oh, okay, I get where you're going. I know I can hear the talent. I can hear the gifting. Don't be afraid to invest in yourself. Recording equipment's quite reasonable now. You can get digital recording equipment for your laptop. Get some equipment. Start recording. Start producing people. Um, start working at your craft. And don't be afraid to invest in yourself. You've got to be the first point of investment. Mm-hmm. Um, and s- basically network. Treat everybody like somebody that is important. Don't just look at the man in the suit and think, oh, that's the person that I need to head for. I need to speak to him. I'll disregard everybody else around me because you don't know. Um, I, I was taught a very early lesson Um with the first guy that signed us to Polydor, he um, he was very sharp in the way that he dealt with people. And I remember he, he we I had a, an offer of a publishing deal from Warner Chapel, and um, we were going to see the, um, the the execs at Warner Chapel, and the 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 guy I was with who signed us at Polydor, he, he introduced us to the guys at Warner Chapel. He said, "I'm just going to ring ahead." Um, I need to make an appointment for another day as well. So he was on the phone and I heard him say to the secretary, oh, hello, love, how are you doing? Oh, I brought your birthday card. I'm going to come in and bring it to you. And he was talking to this secretary and, and she was saying, oh, so, you're so kind, you're so lovely. And, and I said to him, she was a receptionist, wasn't she? Do you know her? And he goes, no, I've got to know her though. And I said, what do you mean? And he goes, I treat everybody brilliantly. He said, I remember all their birthdays, mm-hmm. all the meals on reception. Mm-hmm. I always remember their birthdays, bring them in a card. And I said, there's a there's a reason for this, isn't there? And he said, yeah, because you know what? When I need an appointment with somebody, they get it for me. Mm-hmm. They never say to me on the phone, oh, he's busy, he's in a meeting. He's like, They'll say, I'll get him for you. I'll make sure I get him up. And he says he gets appointments every time because he treats the receptionist great. Yes. It's <laughs> <laughs> very, very. And they loved him there. He walked in, they knew his name. Any appointment he wanted, those receptionists would get it. Mm. And they'd never say to him, Oh, it's busy. Yeah, it's busy. Call that later. They'd always say, I will get you an appointment there. Yeah. So it's a case of everybody has value, treat everybody well, network well with people. Never treat um, people as, oh, you're not important to me, because you don't know who they are. And more to the point, you don't know who they're going to be. Yes. And people can rise through ranks and you will see people that might be the cleaner one day, might be the vice president the next day. So treat everybody with respect, treat everybody with value, because at some point they're going to be important to you. Yeah. And that's re- when you're networking, always remember that everybody is somebody. Yeah. 
Okay, well, I mean, there's a lot of people out there who are into music, not a full-time career, but would love to have a full-time career. What are the sort of three tips that you would give someone like that who wants to make music their full-time goal? They may well have another job yeah. or they might just be straight out of university, mm. whatever, they're just not at that point. What would be sort of the tips, looking back at your journey, that you would yeah. say to them that it's important for them to do to get there? Yeah, um, I would say to try and increase your skill as much as you can. Keep mm -hmm. working your craft, especially when you're young. Just keep going, keep going, work hard, get good at it, you know, put the hours in. Um, it, it's the people that uh, really work hard and are keen. Often, uh, I, I've seen students before where one is naturally, in a sort of a natural sense, better than someone else, but the hard worker, they'll inch up, inch up, inch up. And sometimes the natural one can be lazy, you know, mm. not always, but sometimes. Uh, and then they'll just sort of, they won't go as far. So, yeah, yeah really, really work on the skill, uh, get the lessons, get, especially when you're um, at a higher stage, get a really good teacher, you know, find out, sniff out the best one. Um, yeah. I remember when I was, I wanted to do my grade eight piano because I had quite a gap. And somebody said, oh, this guy, Peter, he's the best. He's the best in the area. So I rang up this guy. I said, oh, hi, Peter. I've heard that you're the best piano teacher in the area. He went, I am, without doubt, the best piano teacher in the whole area. I was like, oh, I like your confidence. <laughs> so, and he was, he's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, get get really good training. I say that yeah. was the first thing. Yeah. Um, second thing is this whole idea about knowing who you are. Hmm. Um, and knowing your own sort of emotional world and what's best gonna suit you so um I know a guy who is totally exuberant and extrovert he loves a good time mm -hmm. so he's brilliant for doing like the party bands and that he loves to be center stage boom he's, he's massive like he's, he loves it hmm. um but I know other people that are quieter more introverted more shy and so for them they're much happier doing sort of background music in a restaurant or, you know, singing at a wedding reception sort of background. So knowing who you are. So then you choose the best place in the sort of musical circle of life. Mm -hmm. As I sort of say it to people, like don't try and put yourself in a position that's not going to suit you as a mm. person. Uh, I see some people really pushing themselves to be in a certain place but then they don't always enjoy it. And I say, yeah, but because don't you think that you don't like it because of da-da-da-da-da? Wouldn't you prefer da-da-da-da-da? You know, so placing yourself right, mm. I think. Um, so it's not then, all about an X-Factor contract then? No, my goodness. X-Factor's got a lot to answer for. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> that, that programme. I mean, I get it. It's fun and it's, yeah. you know, it's a family yeah. entertainment. But I do think it sets this ridiculously high standard. Mm. And, and it makes a lot of young people, I find, think that they're really rubbish because they're comparing themselves to people that, you know, X-Factor sometimes make out, oh, look at this boy band. They've just been rehearsing in their bedroom for the last year and a half, and they're just amazing. When actually, that's not always the case. Like X-Factor scout for groups that are already managed and produced and are already excellent, and then uh -huh. get them to pretend to do an audition. Yeah. When they've had so much work, like I was working with a boy band and they are 
excellent four boys yeah got very wealthy families they've had a lot of money put into them they've had a lot of training and the next factor scouted them and said they wanted to put them in in auditions and they'd make this whole story Mm. that they're just four lads that got together you know a couple of weeks ago and are amazing i'm like that's not fair because you're you're making out that it's easy to get this high standard when actually that high standard was through money and time and effort and training and then other people look at it and think oh i'm not as good as that well yeah because you just haven't spent ten thousand pounds or whatever it was that ridiculous amounts of money their four parents have spent on them so yeah gives kids issues anyway that was a totally random thing (laughs) (laughs) i know it's it's random but i think it's really important because a lot of people like you say i'm just turning my fan off a lot of people get the wrong impression i mean i know two or three people who have been contestants who probably got into the top top 15 top 10 type thing and when they tell me what the behind the scenes is like I'm like pardon yeah. <laughs> because what yeah. you see on the tv is not what it's like behind the scenes you know yeah. and you know just your story there I think it's important for people to know that you know if you're going for a competition it's not like that there is this persona of you've got to be at a certain level or you're going to be picked and you're going to be great and mm-hmm. you know you're going to get this really fantastic thing and then you're going to get the contract even if you do win it's only one person one person that will get that contract really mm-hmm. yeah and then it's a whole different life after that you know and they're not always so. necessarily happy you know I mean some of them yeah. are happy but some of them are not necessarily happy and then you think you've done all of that and then you're not actually that happy so like oh man that that's hard work yeah yeah so I yeah. do I do think that like get get your skill up and um, get your psychology up, know the best place for you. And that might not mm. mean fame and fortune. Now, for some people, they totally want the fame and fortune. And if they got it, they'd be like flying. But other people, mm. it wouldn't suit them. So I think there's a lot about knowing who you are and, and, where, and where you fit, you know, and where's best for you as a person. Yeah. Mm. But the third so thing I think... Your... I... Oh, yeah. Yeah, go on. Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to say gonna number go. three. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the third thing I say is like just get out there so when I was first wanting to um, get in a jazz band before I met Alex and auditioned for his band um, I saw lots of signs up for different jazz bands around the area so I would just walk in and and find the leader and go hi I really want to get into jazz Uh, any chance of singing with you guys tonight you know I can I can Mm. sing this number this you know all the standards and they're like yeah great so just started singing with them and then um they were super friendly and then I'd go along and it became a bit of a regular thing and then one of them did a bit of an offshoot and he did a different band so I was with them for a little bit so I'd say yeah just to get out there and start talking to people and because you can build all the skill in the world but if you just stay in your bedroom building your skill you're not going to do very much so like build the skill know who you are and then yeah get yourself out there and see what you can get. So listen, um, what sort of three tips would you give anyone who's wanting to have a full-time career in music? The number one tip would be to listen into their inner artist. Develop practices that help you to engage with that voice. Find out who that person is, um, what they sound like and what they want to say. And that's not to be underestimated and that's quite a long path usually typically and then it's a people business get good people around you 
network in a slow burn, old fashioned manner of, you know, making good relationships and friends with fellow artists, artists and creatives for the right reasons, you know, centered around the art that you want to make, uh, not just for what they can do for you or what media slots they can get for you or whatever. Um, so build a strong network in that way. Those would be the two main. Wow. You know, if, if you're in touch with your inner artist and then you've got a great strong network of people that support you through that. Mm. I guess the third thing would be the way that you engage with your audience, you know, to, to be aware of that relationship that you're the performer and every every singer needs an audience and that will take some work of one kind or another Mm. to develop first of all to develop that audience and then how you're going to address them mm. you've given three really interesting uh tips there my, my cogs are whirling let's start with the audience what sort of additional tips would you give anyone out there who wants to build an audience to start building that audience any tips around that well i think if you're starting completely from nothing mm. i think the age-old principle of supporting more established acts is still a good principle. I mean, in this day and age, it might not be that you're doing that in person at live shows so much, but it, the same principle exists on um, Spotify. They call it for fans of, you know, knowing what genre and what mood your music is and looking at what artists sort of share that and then finding out, you know, how can you connect with those, with their audiences? So whether that's through collaborating or tr contacting their label, trying to get them to put your stuff out, or even through, you know, targeted online ads to their audience, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or, um, you know, looking at the, the color and the texture of the sort of artwork and videos that those artists are producing. And why is that resonating with those people? You know, doing something inspired by that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really, really good. And what about sort of getting in touch with your inner artist? I really love that. What would what sort of tips would you give to help people to probably start that journey of getting in touch with their inner artist? Because that's all about being true to themselves, isn't it? And being genuine and complete on stage. But what would be your mm. sort of tips around that? It's so, we, there's so many distractions in modern life mm. that it's very easy for a day to go by and for us not to meditate or contemplate or reflect on our own feelings and thoughts and interpretations of the things that we're seeing, mm. there's very little time for reflection. It's, it's sort of just one thing after another. Yeah. So building into your daily routine, first of all, just some thinking time. It could be, but it doesn't have to be formal meditation. I think songwriters need time to digest things that they've seen and you know i find that through taking a daily walk uh through doing some yoga practice through even through doing um scales and techniques on guitar that can get me into a certain different headspace so allowing yourself the space to be creative mm. you know it's not a treat it's as an artist it's your duty and it's part of your working life is to have these hours of writing time, reviewing time, listening time, and to know 
what inspires you to, you know, what, whether certain books, records, films, indulge in that stuff, let yourself be immersed in it and read it and listen to the music that you love. You know, you can learn so much through listening to inspiring artists mm. um, and, and listening well. I think that, I don't think the internet and social media encourages us to listen well at all. No, I don't think it does. I, I find the times when I am, um, when I'm resting, I actually put my phone far away from me or in a different room just to feel like I can rest. Because if my phone is near me, I'm always thinking, is someone going to call, text? Do I need to respond? You hear a chime or something. And I have had days when I take a day, I actually switch it off. I just don't want to know. And then you Good feel at like peace with yourself. <laughs> you know, it's the IT, it really gets in. I don't know. It really gets in. It really gets in. Mm -hmm. so it's great on one side, but on another side, I think it's very damaging. You know, um, it is. And let's be honest, it's just sometimes it's hard to turn off and not least because you're trying to make a living. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I some months it's really tight or it has been. Mm. And, you know, I'm reliant on technology to make the connections to make contracts happen and do things yeah and so you but that's a really vicious cycle as a self-employed person i think that's one thing to be aware of so it's great that you are so disciplined with it yeah i've, I've just had to i think i've had some health issues over the last couple of years where it's forced me to behave myself a bit more <laughs> and like like okay. yeah yeah I've got I've got to start because I I used to um do my uh, my own social media I have someone who does it for me now, but it was like a, a rat in a on, a on a treadmill type thing whatever it is you would describe it I was constantly yeah. on there posting checking who looking at the analytics looking at this looking at and it just eventually just kind of burnt me out and I'm like this is just crazy, and when I realised that you just can't win because you can put up a post three times a day, but can you do that for seven days of the week? Can you do that for 12 months mm. of the year? Absolutely difficult because the computers are not human. You know, the, these robots and things will just churn out other things, say, you must do more, you must do more. So I got to a point where I think, you know, I, I can't win. I can't win. I've just got to do what I can do. And that's my level, <laughs> you know, just burn out. But so you are right. It's really important to, to stand still, to, to digest, to do your journal, meditation, all of that. It's really important. And, and I think as full-time musicians, self-employed, you are your own boss. You know, if you're employed for another company, you'd get holiday pay and time off. You know, as a self-employed person, you've got to make time to have the time off, you know, and it's yeah. it's kind of hard when you say you, if you've had a low month, you know, you're there trying to oh, got these bills to pay. I've got to go in again. You get a high month. Great. You know, but you've got to yeah. get that balance. And uh, yeah, IT doesn't help. It can help, but sometimes it's a hindrance. For anyone who's wanting to have a full time career in music, what were the sort of tips that you would give? Oh, now I'm going to, I'm going to do two tips. My first two tips mm. are going to be um, extremely contradictory. <laughs> so my first okay. tip would be uh, to have a side hustle so that you have something that you are, that is, you know, responsible for your, your main source of income while you're, while you're, you know, working on your musical career. For me, that was teaching. Mm -hmm. I was very, very lucky that it was teaching singing and teaching music. So it was, you know, a accompanied what I was um, 
trying to achieve yeah. and it's something that I love doing and it's something that I continue to do now so I you know teaching is my side hustle it's not really my side hustle anymore it's you know a big big huge part of my career um my second tip is going to totally contradict that tip which is don't have a safety blanket because if you do uh -huh. have a safety blanket or a safety net then you will always uh -huh. have something to fall back on and you might not kind of go I'm gonna I have to do this otherwise I have nothing else so and I think those two pieces of advice are are for two you know two different types of people mm. um I needed a I needed a safety blanket because I'm that kind of person that 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 for me I wouldn't I don't gamble I'm not that kind of you know put it all on red and just go for it all <laughs> yeah. I would be like yeah I'm just gonna split it you know, put it some on red some on black that's my personality but for some people when they need that that final push that big thing that is going to make them do the thing that they've always wanted to do take the safety net away just just go for it wholeheartedly um my third tip is know your stuff mm. be be on it all the time that's something that I've been discussing a lot with people uh, this year. I have a fear of turning up at a rehearsal and not knowing my stuff, mm. not knowing the words, not knowing the music, feeling feeling uh, like I haven't done my job, feeling inadequate. But you know the amount of rehearsals that I've turned up to where there's somebody else in the room who has not opened the score, has not looked at it, this, that, and the other, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> um, and I just, I, I kind of go, firstly, I think, wow, you are brave. <laughs> Secondly, I think, I hope you're not going to waste that time. <laughs> and then thirdly, I'm like... Um, yeah, you know, the, the energy, the, you know, the, the positive energy that you must exude to believe that that's what you can do to walk into a room without having prepped. I bow down to that energy because that is some confidence there that I do not have. But I, I would say, know your stuff, know your stuff, know your stuff, practice, practice, learn your repertoire. Um, learn just you know know who you are as a performer maybe is number four actually learn who you are as a performer as a performer I'm the kind of person who is um I throw myself into everything wholeheartedly I know how I like to come across on at you know at a workshop compared with how I come across when I'm teaching individuals compared with how I come across when I'm teaching youngsters so I I have I'm not saying I've got like loads of different versions of Abigail that walk into a different room in you know a different way but I I definitely know what I want to get across depending on what I'm doing and you know what I you know what I want to achieve so know who you are as an artist no that that's also the way you the way you hold yourself the way you walk practice all of those things you walk into an audition know how you're going to walk into that audition bring the energy that you want to bring for that audition and then own it um know what you want to wear know how you want to represent you know i i chose today to put on this and to put on these and to you know that um uh, know who you are and know what you want to exude for years i thought 
I'm an opera singer, so therefore I have to wear a scarf and I have to wear a jacket and a suit and I have to put my hair up and I have to do this, that and the other. And actually that is not who I am all the time. Be who you are, know who you are as an artist because you as an individual bring something extremely different and special to whatever genre of music it is that you are breaking into. And that's when people are gonna go, I'm interested in that person. I'm not interested in this person being a version of everything else I've seen. I am interested in that person being exactly what they are. Um, and fifth one. Oh, I'm gonna say, don't take it too seriously. That is a, and that, that contradicts almost all the rest of the things that I said. But, <laughs> you know, like we were joking about the fact that we, we go off and we do gigs and there's no dressing room. That's like, it, that's, there's, it's A, it's kind of on one hand, it's not cool. But on the other hand, it's the sort of thing that you just go, hey, you know what, this is, this is what I'm having to deal with today. I'm going to get on with it. I'm going to get through it. And it's not going to affect my performance. My performance is rock solid because I did tip number four, which was to, you know, tip number three, which was to practice and know your stuff. So, you know, <laughs> don't take stuff too seriously. Don't take it yeah. too seriously yeah. is what I would say. Yeah, that, that's absolutely fantastic. I think I have one little thing I wanted to squeeze in just before we wrap up. Mm. And that is uh, back on to know your stuff. You say you have to learn lots and lots and lots of stuff for, oh my gosh, to yes. do an opera, three hours. Oh, God, What's yeah. your sort of tips for memorizing that lot oh. of information? Well, <laughs> so I would say that when you're memorizing things, there are so many memory techniques that you can use. So you've got your muscle memory, which is just, if, if it's words, for example, or, or piano or whatever instrument it mm. is that you're, you're doing, mm. obviously the more you physically practice it, the more that your muscles will just get used to doing, you know, used to doing what they what you want them to do. Um, I would say then you've got mental memory, which mm -hmm. is where, if you just have it running in the back of your if, in the back of your head just over and over and over and on a, on a loop and the way i the way i do that is i very often record myself either saying lines or i record myself um speaking the words to the the either the song or the aria or whatever it is in whatever language it is in rhythm so that I don't then have to tire my voice out by repeating oh. it out loud all the time because yeah. uh, otherwise it just ugh, it takes a it takes a toll. So I have my voice, but it's an external source, which means that I can get on with washing up, get on with doing the hoovering, get on with, you know, walking to walking to work and, you know, doing all of that sort of stuff. Yeah. Uh, so those are those those two. And then one that's a bit of a combination of the two is I write it down. I write it out. I go, um, I write it down a few times. I will either leave it in a notebook and then I will turn the page and I will write it out again until it is totally just in my mind, mem mind memory and in my written muscle memory as well. Mm. Um, that's, those are the techniques that work for me. But I, I think that's because when I was, you know, I went to dance school when I was four years old and I was 
immediately had to learn a dance routine, not only learn the dance routine facing in one direction, but then we would be asked to start it again on the other foot, on the other side of the room and going in the opposite direction. So that was conditioning from a very, very early age to do left brain, right brain stuff. Um, so write stuff down. I would also say that make it the last thing you look at at night. Yeah. Just look at it at night, mm. put it down, go to sleep, look at it the next morning, go about your business. Because your your you know your brain when it sleeps it processes all of the information that you you did in the day. It processes everything. So when you're feeling like you're memorizing something and it's not going well, put it down have the rest of the day, go to sleep, wake up the next day, it will be in there somehow. So those are my, those are my memory tips, yeah. I'd love to know um, if you, what are your three tips for anyone wanting to have a full-time career in music, you know, based from, maybe based from your experience, certain things you've observed, but what sort of tips uh, that you give for people who are thinking, I wanna have that full-time career in music? Goodness, I, you know, it's diff I thought about that question last night. Um, I don't, it's very difficult to, to, to advise mm. any artist really mm -hmm. uh, with regards to what they want out of this or how they get longevity or whatever, because it's down to the individual. Right. And, and you know, the years that I've witnessed currently is some come in huge trailblazers oh i'm bored i'm going to be so and so now instead mm. and they're off yeah. or they use it as a stepping stone or a springboard into that celebrity lifestyle or yeah. find another route to to, to do something else mm. um so it's very difficult to to advise anybody because i don't know i can only but speak for myself that when I started, I was serving the music, I was pursuing this thing in the most beautiful way, I think. You know, the opportunities that, pro that uh, presented themselves, I took those opportunities and I kept singing and I kept acting when they came and I kept doing that and I mm. stayed focused and I kept doing and stayed on course. I don't know if anybody these days are able to stay that course anymore. Mm. There's so much distractions. There's so many other ways to get into the industry and to do other things. But... In fairness, they are still very talented, wonderful young people coming through that want to, you know, express themselves musically and want to make a life and want to do this thing. It's, it's, it's their life purpose. So mm. And I can only but say, then do so. Mm. And, you know, and, and if, you're, if you can, follow your heart, really, mm. and listen to yourself. But more so, be armed with some knowledge knowledge of the business itself. Yeah. Have an idea about where the money's been spent. If you get an advance, you wanna know how it's been spent so that mm. you don't end up with owing, like I am still in debt to my label all those years ago. Why would it, you know, but you are because the, the money that, when you were being wind and down and put up in a nice hotel, you didn't realize it was coming after your money, but it was, uh, uh, you know, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, or the advance you were given. <laughs> and I say, you know, just just arm yourself with as much information about what this this entails. Because it's one thing you've got your talent and you're pursuing it, and and that's great. But also there's there's also there's a world of other things that are in play with regards to this industry. So you don't have to learn it all because, like I say, everybody has this job. So yeah. also does that. But you know what? 
have an idea about what their job should be. Mm. So if you're having a conversation with the tour person, then you want to know what the tour person's job should be. Have an idea about what that entails and what does that do? And what, mm. what should that be? So mm. that you can, when you have these conversations with them, you know, be on a footing whereby you're not going to have the wool pull over your eyes because yeah. at the end of the day, if you're paying for stuff to be done and it's not getting done, you need to know that what you need to know what it is that yeah. you need to get you to the next stage, mm. you know? And, but apart from that, it's very difficult to advise any, mm. any artist because yeah. a true artist mm. knows himself and will pursue his, his passion and what it is that he is. And, and you can't advise that individual who advised, you know, the art, the painters, nobody did. They mm. suffered. They kept going. They yeah. had friends, mm. but they still scratched away and still painted away. And that's what you have to do. Be prepared to work hard, you know, be, but I like, it's a different world now. I don't know how you don't have to, if you can get on the telly and get yourself that way, get through that way, you don't have to work. You don't have to work as hard at all. Mm. Like, yeah. I know I, I, I said, personally, personally speaking, how I've had to do it. I talk about getting that transit van with the band and all the gear in the back and drive for three hours, rolling out. You can only stand up. You're going you're gonna to put a performance of your life on that stage because they deserve, they pay the ticket. You better do that. You jump back in that van and you get back in the, on the motorway and you roll out four, three o'clock in the morning and uh, you're coming in with the milkman and, and you know, and you're going to get up and do carry on with your life. And there's another gig, you get back in. I don't think those gigs, those people, that, that happens much now, mm. apart from those ban ban you know kind of yeah yeah situation but bands, yeah mm. function yeah so there ain't, there ain't not much going on now they, they don't want it that way the mm. kids today i was that you know we want to go the, the nice route we want the champagne and we want the the, the gear the clothes and mm. we're going to go on the telly and get and get there and 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 that kind of it's it's kind of wrong in a way because it's it's it doesn't say it doesn't say, I mean, you know, to be fast track, you the expression, to be fast track into the industry. Yeah. And yeah. When, when they fast track, they wrote that track runs out very quickly, mm. very quickly. But then did they really want to be in it? Are you there taking up space where somebody really should be there? And, and so what can you do? What can yeah. you do? What can you do other than you just let them go? And the yeah. true artist, the cream will rise. Yeah. I, you know, the old expression is still the same. It will mm -hmm. rise to the top. And those who really, really want it, those who really want to do this, will still be there. Yeah. And those who just came in and thought, oh, this is not for me. And there's a lot of those, trust me, not for me, or oh, I can't be bothered with that. Who yeah. oh, ain't having that? And it's been said, I've seen it. You've seen yeah. it. The, the whole industry is littered, littered, dare I say, with mm -hmm. all these, with stuff, dare I call it, because it, they were never really intended. It looked good. I can yeah. wear this, it's a fashion show. I can, me this and me that, it's a fashion yeah. show. Yeah. I want, I've got no clothes on and it doesn't matter. And that's what it's all about. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So when, when they've done all that, when you've gone through all that, then maybe they'll sit back and really consider what it is they really want to do. Mm. You know, but no, not, you can't advise really. Yeah, yeah. You have to go and live it and experience it. Yeah. No, I think you've said some really interesting things in that. I mean, the, the business, learning the business, the, the wool is not pulled over your eyes. is like a, a real big one there. And obviously, yeah, whether, whether people yeah. really want this, is it just the glamorous side they're looking at and not the, mm -hmm. the actual mm -hmm. career or the work that you have to put in? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Things in, instead of all of that. Wow. When I was starting out, 
I wish I knew half of these things. It would have just made my journey so much easier. So I'm really hoping that you heard something today that resonated, that you can take on board, you can build with to help your journey in the music industry. By the way, if you're facing difficulty in getting paid for your music and you want to know certain things that will help you overcome this or even get you paid in advance, then download my 10 tips to help you with this problem. It's called 10 reasons why they'll pay you before gig day. You can download the sheet from www.successbeyondthescore.com forward slash get paid before gig day. The link is also in the description.